You are now tuned in to Poppy Chulo Radio, your web portal for the best in pop culture news and interviews. All magic comes with a price. The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. The views and opinions expressed in the commentaries and or interviews in the following program are solely those of the individuals and are not views of Poppy Chulo Radio, its parent, affiliate, or subsidiary companies. Welcome to a special Once Upon a Time official convention edition of Storybook Weekly Mirror, the unofficial Once Upon a Time podcast, a poppychuloradio.com original series, Poppy Chulo Radio pop culture on demand. Today is Thursday, October 26th, 2017, and I'm your host, Jeffrey Aruz. Tonight, we are doing something very different. We are delivering directly to you a first-hand experience on what it was like to attend Creation Entertainment's Once Upon a Time Official Convention 2017 in Whippany, New Jersey. Please welcome my co-host, Jenna Pace. Hi, everyone. Oh, my God. What a weekend. I am still reeling from it. Awesome. I'm so excited to hear about it. I'm sure our listeners are as well. But before we start our special Once Upon a Time official convention edition, here's our announcer with a few special announcements. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio podcasters discussing some of your favorite television shows. Visit poppychularadio.com slash podcasts for a complete list of all the podcasts that we produce. You will get up-to-date information on whether the podcast is currently releasing new episodes or if it's on hiatus. You will also be able to click a link to either take you to Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or the Poppy Chula Radio archives to download the podcast. To binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio podcasts, visit poppychularadio.com slash podcasts. Would you like to be one of the podcasters on this podcast discussing your favorite television show? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. We are always looking for new voices to add to our collection of podcasts. To become a co-host you must be at least 18 years old. You must be comfortable sharing your opinions. And you must be comfortable using Skype. There's no podcast experience required. So if you think you have what it takes to be a Poppy Chula Radio on-air personality, email talent at poppychularadio.com. We look forward to hearing from you. This is a Poppy Chula Radio special announcement. Poppychularadio.com is currently looking to expand its web presence, and we're looking for your help. If you're a fan of Poppy Chulo Radio and its signature series, please visit GoFundMe.com slash Poppy Chulo Radio and help us with our campaign. Every dollar amount donated will be improving the Poppy Chulo Radio experience and making it more interactive and user-friendly. We thank you in advance for your support. This has been a Poppy Chulo Radio special announcement. We now return you to our regularly scheduled programming. Thanks, announcer. All right, Jenna, fill us in on everything convention-wise. I'm sure 
many of our listeners might have never gotten the chance to attend any of these uh, special creation entertainment once upon a time events that uh, occur throughout the country. So take us sort of like day by day what it's like and what you experienced and that whole thing. You got it. You got it, Jeffrey. Okay, so um, our story starts on a Thursday. Um, so I left, We, myself and my um, carpool buddy Cassie left for the convention on Thursday. I took a half day of work, finalized all the packing and such, made sure I had everything that I wanted autographed, and just everything that I thought I could need for a convention in my bag, in my car, and Thursday night came and we left. Um, I dropped... What it was two hours, pretty fun time. I was actually getting it was the first time I had actually met the girl who I was driving with in person. So we had a fun like so it was fun like getting to know the person, um, getting to know them. Um, so that so yeah, that was good. I actually didn't stay at the hotel that the convention was at. I stayed at a ho I stayed at a hotel just a little down the road to save some money. So I dropped my carpool buddy off at the hotel where she was staying. I went there, had a crazy check-in experience because something was going on with Booking.com. And then I reunited with my roommate for the night, and we went to pre-registration. And it was just really awesome. Um, It was cool getting into there, signing up for the convention, getting my gold pass lanyard. Um, Immediately, I bought a Rebecca Major ticket, and that's one of the two autographs that wasn't included in my gold package. And so that was so that was good. And then I went into the vendors' room. The vendors' room is was really small, very intimate, but there's so much packed in there. There are like five or six main booths, and I'll kind and I'll go and I'll quickly detail them. The first is like a Funko station. They sell all the Once Upon a Time Funkos. Um, they had some of the Books a Million Books a Million ones that were retired. They were kind of jacked up in prices. Uh, like forty dollars when you can really get them for like twenty. Although the Killian Jones one, which is uh, basically hook with both hands, was that was is a little bit more online. But I already had him, fortunately, so I could save the money. So that was station one. The second was an art station. I didn't really go by there because I just figured, oh my god, this is going to be so expensive. I couldn't afford it. And it wasn't until the ride home that I realized that the art was actually more affordable than I thought. And Probably I could have stood to go by there a little bit. The third station was just overall, or um, it was pictures like that you could get the cast signed for the autographs, as well as other like little merchandise like um, like bag. Well, not not bags per se. There is one bag like they had the Hot Topic bag that looks like Henry's book. They had um, they had the playing cards. They had these this big model of Emma's bug. And that's going to be a really funny story once we get to the Sunday portion of this. Um, so, yeah. Um, the third section, I actually saw encounter these guys at another convention called Icon. They ha- they do custom jewelry, and they have these cool charm bracelets where it's like, it's almost a snowflake philosophy where every single one of them is different. So they change up the charms and all of them, and that's pretty cool. Then there was a like a signed poster section so it wasn't just once upon a time it was also other movie posters it was other it was other characters 
other television shows, and you get a lot of rare ones from there. Like, there was a Willy Wonka poster that was signed by all five of the children, plus Gene Wilder. That stuck out to me. There was Paige O'Hara's signature on a Beauty and the Beast poster. Uh, Yeah, so so those, among many others, just stuck out to me. There was a smaller version of that in the booth next door, and it also had, like, some cool decals that you could put on your computer. And the final one that was my favorite, um, it was an area with a bunch, like, we're talking at least ten different, like, Once Upon a Time t-shirts with all sorts of different characters on there. Um, both characters who were at the convention and not at the convention, like, there were Robin Hood, there was Rumple, there were a bunch of different, there were a couple of Captain Swan posters, there was a couple of, there were a couple of general Once Upon a Time posters, I mean, I'm sorry, t-shirts, t-shirts. Um, there were two mugs. There was one that was like the Evil Queen's apple, and then there was one that looked like Henry's storybook, with like the just the Once Upon a Time writing. And there were two bags. One was like, uh, it it kind of like had it kind of felt like a laundry bag of sorts, but it was like a little backpack that you just kind of wore on your shoulders. And then the other was this really nice laptop bag. It was like forty bucks though, so. I tried to cool it. I ended up buying one thing. I bought this really pretty gray Captain Swan shirt that had a swan and I think a quote from Emma. And then underneath it is the Jolly Roger and it says, I'm hooked. And it had these nice green vines on the design. And it was just really pretty. So went to the vendor's room, walked around for a bit, socialized. Um, And then after that, my roommate and I just headed back. We went back to the hotel. We talked for a bit. And then we went to sleep. That ends Thursday. Now, if you think that's exciting, wait, because we're going into the convention. Now it's Friday. Um, I'm an early bird, so even though the convention didn't really start until noon, I was up by 7. I was getting ready and stuff, and yeah, again, I, my, my roommate and I were talking. I was, like, getting myself ready because I knew it was the first day of the convention. Also, I was going to be meeting some of my internet friends who I've known for, who I've been messaging for months now and never met them in person so I was so excited and nervous um I wore this awesome once upon a time shirt that is a crossover with adventure time so all the characters are are drawn in the style of the cartoon adventure time I don't know if you've ever seen that show Jeff Mm -hmm. yes okay um yep so uh so after like an hour and a half my roommate and I get bored and we go to the convention center and we're just chilling out and talking with other people, I met a person who was actually there just for Gil McKinney, who's uh, on Supernatural, and he's really popular from what I understand. Um, while we were waiting in the lobby, um, Michael Coleman, who plays Happy, and Chris, Chris Gauthier, who plays Smee, were just, occasionally, we're, like, casually just walking through the lobby. And I actually, like, got to say hi to them at uh, two different points each. And it was just really nice, and... It got it gave a good feel for just how casual and fun the convention is in a way. Um, so I'll so uh, eventually the theater did open up. I parted ways from my friends because when you're when you're a, you have to like sit in specific seats when you have specific tickets like Gold Pass. I have specifically I was I had a seat that I was going to sit in, and so I was watching the opening ceremonies and such alone. Thankfully, though. Somebody who was sitting in gen ed, general admission because not a lot of people were there on Friday because, well, I guess not as much, not as many of the hyped up characters were there. So 
somebody from the general mission was like, yeah, I'm just going to scooch over and sit with you. And we sat and talked and such. And we started seeing the panels. The first up was Gil McKinney, and he plays Prince Eric. Now, his panel, despite being the first, was so different from any other panel. He was His was kind of like more like a stand-up comedy routine. Most panels at the convention were like just Q&As where you would line up by the microphone and, you, and he would just ask, answer questions left and right. But with Gil, he actually walked around and interacted with the audience members. He was talking to kids and trying to guess their ages, which was really funny. There was actually a guest he ran into, and the guest said at a previous convention, he said, if I don't remember your name next time we meet, I'll pay you 20 bucks. Spoiler alert, he did not know that guest's name. I don't know if they received their 20 bucks or what happened, but it was just really funny. Um, at one point, uh, um, at one point, uh, they were one of the guests in the front row was FaceTiming a friend, and he took the phone and talked to the friend briefly, and it was just really funny. He did start doing a proper Q and A during the last five minutes, but not really, but not really enough to do a lot. But it still was just a very intimate, very nice panel, and I just really enjoyed it. And this was really my first glimpse of Gil McKinney. I never watched Supernatural, but he's just such a sweet fun guy. So, yeah, he's very charming. Um, after Gil was Chris um, S. Smee. Now, I have been preparing questions for this convention for six months, and Chris's was the first question I came up with, and also this was the first time I was going to ask a question. I was actually really scared when I first, when, when, like, the thought of asking a question came up, like, oh my god, can I actually do this? But I was like, You've been preparing for this for six months. If you can't do Chris, you're not going to be able to do Colin or Lana or Bex. And I was just like, it got me in the zone. And so I asked him a question. And my question was, um, so it basically came down to, like, the last time that Smee and Hook interacted in the present timeline, it was before Smee got his memory back and remembered that Hook abandoned them and sold the Jolly Roger to go find Emma. And so, what would Smee think, what did Smee think of him, like, after he got his memories back? Was he upset about being abandoned, or was he happy that the captain found redemption? And Chris's answer was that it was kind of a mix of both, and he delved into it deeper, um, but it was just a really good, clever response, and it really shows how much Chris thinks about his character, he really does think of all these nuances, and a lot of other people were asking questions about Smee, like, his, what would his cursed personality be in Hyperion Heights? And he was saying, like, maybe he's a criminal informant. And he just had all these cool ideas and things about his character, and all these fun stories, like one time where he was, where he had to shoot eating a pastry, and he ate it, and he ate, like, took a bunch of big bites, so he had to do the same thing and eat a bunch of big bites, like, six more times. And he talks about working with Robert Carlyle and Colin, and it was just really fun, a good looking to this guy. So, yeah, that was, Chris's panel was fantastic, too. Um, so after that was a trivia game. So it was like a yes-no thing, and they did it three times, and every time they brought up 30 participants in a yes-no questionnaire. And if you won, if you were one of the, if you were the last standing of 30 people, 
you won a $200 gift certificate to the vendor's room. Just wow. I actually got to talk to two of the people who won that, and they were scrambling to spend their money. They were like, oh my god, they were talking to their friends, and like, you have to buy this because I don't know, because I don't know what I would spend my money on. It was just so funny. I I went up in the third set, and I made it, I think, to the top 15, which is pretty good. I got thrown off by a season two question, but to be fair, seasons two and three are kind of my weak points in the show, like, the points where I didn't, like, I binged them, so I so my memory isn't really that good when it comes to them. So if I was going to fall, it was going to be during that part. So I'm still really proud of myself. Um, so after the Q&A, um, the panels resumed at about three. So there was a bit of a break with Michael Coleman, who plays Happy. Um, so I didn't mention this. I, so um, I didn't mention this earlier, but I kind of want to go back to it now. During Chris's panel, Michael was actually going around walking with a mic so people could answer questions. And he has this thing during the conventions where he dresses as the characters. And mm-hmm. yes. he was dressed as the evil queen during Chris's panel. Fantastic. So he was running around in high heels, holding like an apple in his hand. It was really funny. He wasn't wearing a costume for his panel. He was wearing, um, I think, one of his charity shirts. He, which he wore a lot of. He changed outfits so many times just during the first morning of the convention. When he was walking around the lobby, he changed shirts like three times. Um, so, speaking of the Happy Little series, that was actually my question to him. How he um, came up with the idea to do the Happy Little series. He gave a few reasons, my favorite of which is that he actually just likes wearing dresses. So, that was pretty cute. Um... The and so yeah, he it was a pretty fun panel. He just he talked about he talked a lot about the show, about being happy, um, what his happy ending would be, and he says he would get another pickaxe that says happy with a girlfriend, and it seems like he kind of ships himself with either Regina or Granny. I'll get more into the Granny part later on because I promise that goes somewhere really funny. Um, and the final panel of the day was with. Raphael Sparge, who plays Archie. So what I like about Raphael is just the way the way that he answers his questions. And I'll demonstrate that by talking about my question. My question to him was, in the Once Upon a Time fandom, shipping is a, basically like such a big thing. However, Archie was never in a romantic relationship over the course of the series. Um, do you have an idea of a character who you would like for him to chirp off into the sunset with? And Raphael's response was just very unique. He asked me, "What do you, who do I think he should end up with? Now, it's definitely flustering to be asked that question. I kind of, like, flubbed, flubbed around. I think I, I, I said Maleficent, like he could redeem a Queen of Darkness, or maybe, like, find a Perdita or Anita in town or something like that. But from, an, but from his point, from his, for on his side of the table, that's a brilliant way of answering questions because it gives him more time to think, and it kind of allows the it kind of allows himself and the uh, questionnaire to kind of have a bit of a discussion in a way because it kind of goes two sides. So that was the end of the panels, but not the end of the day, not by a long shot. First were the autographs, 
And I'll hold my thoughts on those until the end, but for now I'm going to say there was a, a long line. I was not expecting it, but it was like, I think I was online for like an hour and a half to get my three autographs. Um, I had my autograph with Michael Coleman, Gil McKinney, and Chris. Um, Chris's signature was cool because he actually drew Smee's face on every autograph. And maybe that's why his line took so long. Um, I had a bu- I had the majority of the people that my gold pass included sign um, a Once Upon a Time Behind the Magic book that I bought, which basically um, covers all sorts of shows, trivia about the show for seasons one and two. Um, so the next part of this was is a bit more personal to me. As I said before, I was meeting a lot of internet friends today, and one of them is a friend who I've been talking to for about six months on Tumblr, and I was really excited to meet her. Like, I think I was just as excited to meet her as some of the celebrities at this convention. So that made the autogra- the wait for the autographs even longer. But as soon as I was done, I messaged her. We met in the lobby, and it felt like a scene out of a movie. You just you notice each other, you have that moment, and you hug, and... Then we went up to her hotel room and we just hung out like old friends, just talking and getting to know each other. I got her a mini version of Emma's bug because Emma's her favorite character. She got me these photo protectors for my photo ops. Um, then we watched the new episode together because, yeah, there was a new episode, um, The Garden of Forking Paths. And we just had a lot of it was just a lot of fun watching it with somebody who's really hyped about the show. So we had, like, a bunch of fun discussions. And then after that, we went down to karaoke. So Once Upon a Time has this free karaoke party on Fridays. And it's hosted by Michael, Chris, Karen David, who plays Jasmine, Beverly Elliott, who plays Granny, and Gil, um, who plays Prince Eric, as I said before. And you could sign up for karaoke earlier in the day. I did, but I wasn't selected. And... If you're chosen, you get to go up to karaoke and sing alongside them. So, um, there were a bunch of great numbers. Um, some of them that stuck out to me were, These Boots Are Made For Walking, Sweet Caroline, which they replaced with Once Upon a Time, I Want It That Way, which my friend performed in, um, Shut Up and Dance With Me, which is what I signed up to do, but somebody else was picked to go. And uh, how far I'll go from Moana. So it was just very high energy. Tons of fun. Uh, I was standing like there was a like almost a mosh pit of sorts. But now but nowhere near as violent. Like up front by the stage. And I was hanging out there for a while. But then I was like my legs were starting to hurt. So I just sat down like for the last hour of it. Um, had a had a really fun time. The energy was so high. You could hear screaming. You could hear just people doing all sorts of fun, crazy things. And eventually, uh, but then I went home, went back to my hotel and went back to bed because Saturday was coming. And Saturday was a big day for me. So once again, I was up early and I was out the door relatively early. But this time, I took my time preparing because today was my duo photo op with Jennifer Morrison and Colin O'Donohue. I was so nervous and excited. So I made sure to wear... I had an outfit picked out for, like, a month. And so I was wearing a Once Upon a Time tank top, 
this once upon a time cardigan from hot topic a pair of black slacks and sneakers and i don't dress up that much so for me this is like pretty fancy um i went back into the hotel i went back to the hotel about an hour before registration opened and danny was there too she had a one day pass so she wasn't at the convention on Friday. She was just in for Saturday, and the karaoke is free regardless of when you, regardless of when your ticket says you're going. So we kind, so we waited for a bit, and then it, and then I went to line up for the theater because I wanted to ask a question to, to I wanted to ask questions. My question was specifically for Colin, but I'll get to that in a second. Um, so the theater opened. I think I was second online on my side of the auditorium. It's kind of like they have two mics for questions, one on the left side and one on the right side. So I was like this I was like the fourth person to get to ask a question. So um, I did so my, my question basically went like this. One of my all-time favorite dynamics on the show is the rivalry between Killian and Rumple. The chemistry between you and Robert Carlyle is fantastic. How do you two work together to create such a stunning on-screen feud? Do you work on your scenes together, or do you both plan independently before just going at each other on camera? I don't know if... Maybe my wording was off. I don't know if Colin fully understood what I was asking him, but um, he, ta- he talked about his rival... He talked about, like, his rivalry with Rumpel, but really more, like, in context of the new season where they're, like, partners... But he still did talk a bit about working with Robert Carlyle, so it was far from like a wasted question. It was a pretty it was pretty cool to see his insight because I don't like I don't know if he gets asked about talking about his interactions with Robert Carlyle as much as he does with Jennifer Morrison or Sean or or uh, Josh Dallas. So I'm glad that I got to like bring that dynamic into play as well. So um, overall, the Jen and Colin um, panel was amazing. They have this great rapport. They have this nice friendship, um, as expected, especially following the episode um, 702. They were swarmed with baby questions, questions about their happy ending, and basically every adorable Captain Swan question that you can imagine, both on and off camera. And yeah, it was fun. All their responses were met with, like, loud cheering and applause, and I did a fair amount of that whooping myself. So, yeah, that was a really great gold-exclusive panel, and it's especially because they didn't have another joined panel. They had, like, one panel later. They had, like, a panel each later, but usually, like, at least at VancouverCon and San Francon, They had another convention where they were hanging out together and talking and answering questions, but they didn't this time, so it it made having that gold pass even more worth it. Um, Following the Jen and Colin panel was a quick break, and then they had something called The Wild Crew, which is a QA and a panel with Lee Arnberg, who plays Grumpy, Chris, Gil, and Michael Coleman. And these guys work really well off each other, and you can just feel that these guys are real friends, that they've spent a lot of time together, that they know each other really well. I did ask a question, and I decided to ask the whole panel the question. That way I could also ask both Lee and Gil a question in one. And that was, how do you define true love? Do you feel those butterflies in your stomach, Jeff? 
On occasion. <laughs> yeah, well, those butterflies in the stomach are what everybody was feeling too when I asked that. And it made me happy to hear the awes that were just going around the room, both when the question was asked and as each of the guys answered. Um, I Chris's response stuck out to me as it was kind of like how he and his wife fell in love and they're now more in love than they were before. And that was just really sweet and nice. So... After the wild crew left, they how after they howled away, we got Karen David, who, as I said before, played Jasmine on um, Once Upon a Time. But I was also a big Gallivant fan, and she played Princess Isabella. So I was so I was really looking forward to this. Uh, my question was pretty simple: What's the difference in preparing for a comedic role like Gallivant, which is a musical comedy, if you didn't know? as opposed to a dramatic one like Once Upon a Time. And Karen's response was really nuanced, and it kind of detailed the funnier moments that are involved in a show like Once Upon a Time, and the more dramatic parts of Gallivan, because you, in a comedy like this, you are playing these things straight. It's just supposed to lead to very funny conclusions. So, it was just really interesting hearing her, hearing her thoughts on that. Um... There was another really good question that was asked by uh, one of the young ladies in the audience. She actually won one of the trivia segments, and she asked questions at every panel. She was like me. She was on those Q&As. Um, she was asking about what it felt like and what her experience was like being the first Indian woman to be featured on Once Upon a Time. And I think that was a really good, really cool question. And it, she like, details, like... You know, um, how we're progressing and just how important it is to have diversity in the media and, and like, how she felt about it. And it was just a really good answer. So, um, that was Karen's panel. Otherwise, it was just really good. She had a lot of great answers. I think she sang at one point and she promised later at the Once Upon a Time concert, which I'll get into a little bit later, that she would sing, um... The song Love is Strange from Gallivant. Yeah, that's that's an interesting story. So, um, after that, there was a break. Uh, there was a break for the cosplay contest, which I didn't end up going to because I wanted to talk to my friend Danny, who actually had a meet and greet with Jennifer Morrison. And I wanted to know how that went. Cause we, cause, because we weren't sitting next to each other, we didn't really have time to talk about how it, like, how it went. So... I just wanted to see how that was going. And then later there was an auction. And um, I'll get into the story about auctions to, uh, on the, for the Sunday segment of that. Because um, I ended up participating in an auction. But that's going to wait for now. Um, anyways, there was a break in the panels. But that was when my photo op happened. My photo... Um, I, asked, I was asking everybody if I looked okay, and everybody thankfully was being really supportive and said, yeah, you look amazing. So it kind of passed in just such a flash. One moment I'm online, I'm going towards it, and like there's, there's big music playing, and you're dropping your stuff off, and I'm just getting my hair ready, taking my lanyard off, making sure I look perfect. I I know my leg brushed against Collins, and I'm not sure, and I don't even remember if I, like, I don't think I stepped on his foot or anything, but I think I nearly did, 
uh, I was hanging in their arms, the photo was taken, and it was just over in a flash. And you don't get to see how your photo came out until like an hour or two later. So I just had, so as I was um, watching the rest of the auction and talking to everybody, I was just like, that was looming in my head for like the rest of the day. But um, now we're up to Colin O'Donohue's panel. As I said before, uh, well, no, as I'm saying now, I got another chance to ask Colin a question. This time I went with something a bit more funny. Um, I asked, what kind of pet would Hook want? Would he prefer a scurvy dog, or would his pet respond more to a polywana cracker? And he responded by des- by describing a very specific type of dog. And if you know Colin O'Donohue, he specifically described his dog Buckley. And it was just really cute hearing him, hearing him say that. He just loves his dog. And I just, just imagine Colin playing with a big black lab. And it's just so cute. Um, so I, there are two more questions that kind of, that stuck out to me. And forgive the bias, but both of them were from friends. The first was Danny's question. She asked Colin, if a scene from season three, Dark Hollow, was intentional or not. In the scene, Emma's walking through the forest, and she takes out a sword, and Hook's walking right behind her as they walk, and the sword almost strikes Hook in the face without Emma realizing it. And it's just really funny, but we kind of wonder, was this like a blooper that they just decided to stick in, or was that something they specifically scripted? And Colin said it was unintentional, which... Now watching that scene again, that's really funny. The second question came from my carpool buddy, Cassie, and it was about the experiences that Colin went through and that he learned while filming the film The Right, where it's like he's playing a priest and it's about exorcisms and stuff. And Colin discussed how he studied exorcisms and even saw some being performed. And I'm sure that Colin exercises the fan souls every time that he gives the smolder. Um, but the rest of Ca- Colin's panel proceeded as one would expect. Um, there were a lot of Captain Swan questions, of course. And Colin's this unique mix of shy and hysterical. And you never know what you're exactly going to get when you ask a question. But it's just really fun. Um, he, I, I'm going to highlight one more question. He was asked, who would be the fun parent and who would be the strict parent with him and Emma now that they're having a child? He said he'd be the fun parent, and Jennifer Morrison would be the strict parent. But Jennifer, during her panel, revealed that she actually heard Colin's, um, what Colin said, and she disagrees. She thinks that if they had a daughter, Colin would, um, Hook would be much stricter about, stricter with his daughter. Which is just pretty adorable. And speaking of Jen, Jennifer Morrison's panel was the next. Sadly, I got completely locked out of this panel for Q&As. The line was horribly long. I couldn't get a question. Danny couldn't get a question. It was just complete lockout. Makes sense. But yeah, Jennifer was a really popular one. And all the like all the panelists were really popular, but she Rebecca Mater and Lana were just complete lockouts if you weren't fast enough. Thankfully, that was the only time that it happened where I got locked out, but it was just really it was just really sad, but at the same time, I really liked all the questions that she got. 
Um, so, and at one point, I just kind of was like, I'm not getting to ask a question. I'm just going to sit down and have a fun time and watch it. And I'm glad that I did. Jen's really genuine, or should I say, genuine? Oh! I see what you did there. I hope you did. Um, that just shines in everything that she says. She's a professional, true and true, with the way that she answers questions. But she'll be vulnerable if she doesn't know how to answer the question, or if there's a, or if the question deems showing that vulnerable side of herself. Um, she was asked everything from questions about Emma's character and growth over the course of the show to her new directing projects now that she's no longer on once and just insights into the world of media. But my favorite question was um, one that was asked about asked from a Swamp Queen fan. Um, she uh, the basis of her question was like whether intentional or not, Swamp Queen has inspired so many people. It's inspired fan art. It's inspired fan works. It's inspired coming out stories, friendships. There was even a Swamp Queen engagement at a panel some time ago. And Lana was actually, um, actually saw that. And Jen, and Jen answered the question in such a really nice, beautiful way. She was talking about how she was really happy that these fans have these great interpretations of the, of the work. And she loves seeing the, she loves seeing all these different relations appear um, sometimes Jen gets a little bit of flack from the Swan Queen community because while Lana's a lot more, t- uh, talkative about it, she's not, but she also was, but she also said, like, she does like it, it's just a very difficult position to be put in when it's a couple that is, the, when a couple that didn't happen, so it's a very, it's a very h- hard thing for her to, it's sometimes really hard but she genuinely does love Swan Queen. And she's actually working on a project she revealed. She can't get into much detail, but she very heavily implied that it's going to have to do with the LGBTQ plus community. And I'm really excited to see that project come to light. Um, so that was the last panel for the day. And afterwards, there were four, there were autographs, um, four for me, which again, I'm going to save my thoughts on until the ending of the overview. But that said, I'm going to hint that halfway through the autograph session, I began a bit of a tradition that would carry through to the end of the weekend. And I I can't wait to discuss that with you. Now, there's one last event to comment on, and that's the Once Upon a Time concert. So this was fantastic. Um, it was hosted by Gil, Lee, Chris, Karen, Michael, and Beverly. And they put in a concert. There were a bunch of different genres, rock, pop, Disney, all uh, all sorts of different ones. Um, so here's some highlights. There was a song where Michael Coleman was singing to Beverly Elliott, and in character, it had Happy hitting on Granny. <laughs> Which is really funny to think of. So, yeah, and I think at the end, they may have kissed. So that was fantastic. The second highlight, Karen David trying and failing to sing Love is Strange. She actually forgot the lyrics, and at one point a fan uh, brought their phone up with the lyrics to Love is Strange so she could sing the song. 
it, it, it went, it went well. Um, there are a bunch of good Karen David stories. Um, there was a good one where she and Gil McKinney were singing A Whole New World and just failing at it. And it said, because they normally sing it just fine. Like, they sing this at the other conventions. So, um, yeah, that was a fun one. Then, then Karen just had, like, a really awesome moment. She was singing Roar, and she was walking through the stage, bringing the mic up to people so they could sing. And, actually, she brought the mic over to where Danny and I were singing. So, Danny and I actually got to sing parts of the parts of the song and it was just really fun interacting with Karen in that way so yeah that was great um Gil saying be our guest which was really cute um um I think another one was um Karen and Beverly singing ain't no mountain high enough that was fun so, yeah, those are those were, like, a bunch of my highlights. So, let's get into Sunday, the final day of the convention. And today was about to get red. I'm, of course, referring to my red cosplay. I was so cute. Yay. Yay. So, this was another early morning, and I was a woman on a mission. Because, like, my schedule was very tight. I was actually driving home that night. Something I realized in hindsight was kind of a stupid idea, just because I had work the next morning. I had to be up at, like, 5.30. I was just dead. So, I had to time it so I could check out of the hotel and make all the panels super early so I could ask questions. Because people were starting to wise up that if you want to ask questions at these panels, you have to line up early. So, yeah, I was all like, and especially with my gold panel with uh, Lana and Bex coming up, I wanted to be careful. Thankfully, checkout was a breeze. The office at my hotel was uh, not open, but this hotel kind of was a weird two-parter. So I went to the other hotel, and they let me check out with no problem. So I got there early and everything. I went to the Marriott for the final time. Once registration started, I went over to the theater door, sat down. It was an hour wait until the theater doors opened for the gold panel. I was with some nice company. Um, there was this, there was this woman from Puerto Rico who told me how she was going to tell Lana how much the contributions to Puerto Rico following the hurricane meant to her. And I'd later be standing right behind her as she spoke to Lana. And I'm going to talk about that in just a little sec, in just a little bit. But first, I want to say, I actually preferred Bex and Lana's panel to Jen and Colin. And... I'm a big Captain Swan shipper. I'm an Omni shipper, really. I love all ships. I play favorites, though, and Captain Swan ranks. And while I love Rebecca Mater and Lana, I did expect to... I kind of did expect going in, like, I was going to... Like, well, I was going to love both panels. It was going to be, like... Cap, um, Jenna and Collins' panel was going to be, like, an A-plus to Bex and Lana's A. And it kind of ended up being a bit of the reverse. And I think a lot of that is because I prefer big comedic personalities... And Bex and Lana are these real are these big personalities, and when they're together, it's just comedy, comedy, comedy. The entire panel long, I was whooping and hollering at a laughter, and yeah, it was just really great. Now, I did ask Lana a question, Lana a question, but I want to touch upon another first because 
it's simply too beautiful not to highlight. Remember the woman I just told you about earlier, the one from Puerto Rico? Mm -hmm. Well, as I said, yeah, well, as, as I said, she did, she do. She thanked Lana for all she'd done for Puerto Rico, namely all the charity work she'd done. Lana, actually, in addition to discussing the continued need for more money to be donated to Puerto Rico, came down from the stage over to her and hugged her. We were, like, I was a foot away from this girl, and she was hugging Lana, and it was just so sweet and beautiful. One of the most amazing parts of the entire convention. So, it was just so heartwarming. Lana's just such an angel. Um, so, not long afterwards, I was up, and it was question time for me. As I said before, my question was geared towards Lana. I asked her the following. You've been the subject of the novel Regina Rising, as well as a couple of comics. Have you read them? And so, could you please tell me your thoughts on them? So, Lana had read the comic books she had been in and found that it was just so awesome that she was in a comic book. I mean, how awesome would it be to be in a comic book? Somebody's drawing you a bunch of times, making up the story around your character. However, she had not read Regina Rising, but she did say she wanted to. And what's awesome is, right before I left, she asked me if I had read them and what I thought. So I kind of had a geek out moment where I told her that I pre-ordered it on my Kindle and read it the day that it came out because... Yeah, that was all true. And I felt like a total dork, but it was just so great. Um, so yeah. After the goal panel was a quick break, um, I helped Mark move my carpool buddy stuff to the car, and then I was waiting for the next Q&A, which was Rebecca Mater's. Um, yes, so I had, so there was like a big thing, like, they wouldn't let you line up until 10 minutes before the panel, and myself and the people who were waiting were, like, on bated breath. I actually, when we first arrived, before they put in that rule, I was first online, and then they, and then I ended up kind of being, like, fourth online on my side of the room. So, yeah, shows you just how passionate everybody was about getting these questions in. So, my question for Becca Mater was about how, like, because she spends so much time in makeup, how does she fill that time, and what's her relationship with her stylist? Um, and, well, she said she doesn't spend, she doesn't do it that much, because, um, she doesn't do that much, because mostly she's just Zelina in her non-green form. Um, when she does, she and this, she and her stylist go into this, like, rickety trailer, and they do this green paint thing, and it's hazardous, and it's crazy, and they listen to music together, and they talk, and it's just a really, and it's just, like, a odd, a really odd bonding moment. So, that happened, then I actually, then was Lee's Q&A, and unfortunately, I really wanted to ask Lee a question about, namely about his friendship with Belle, um, Grumpy's friendship with Belle, but unfortunately, I actually decided at the last second I wanted to buy a Rebecca Mater photo op, so I had to get in line with my friend to go to that photo op, because it was at that time. Um, I'd want to do something goofy, and we actually did, so when we got on the line, I asked Rebecca Mater, can you do something goofy? And she's like, yeah, I'll probably, what if I pull your hearts out? And we were like, yeah, let's do it. So, 
We're both making this freaked out face as Rebecca Mater pulls out our, our hearts. Um, so, yeah, that was just a lot of fun. I came back and Lee's panel was more or less over. So, um, afterwards was the auction. And, wow. Okay, so I never intended to buy things at the auction. I was actually pretty proud of myself up to this point because I hadn't spent a ton of money. I bought exactly what I said I would buy. I bought the Captain Swan t-shirt and I bought the Henry mug. And then, uh, well, they had, I said before, they had these big models of Emma's bug for sale. And they kept, apparently kept selling out. At the auction, they put up one and they added onto those to the two mugs that I told you about earlier. The Henry mug and the Evil Queen Apple mug as well as a deck of playing cards. And I don't know what was it. Like, I kind of raised my hand for auctions before, but I lowered my hand before, like, they got too high. By the time I lowered my hand, I was picked, and it was $80. And the, ne the next few seconds felt like an eternity. I was praying for somebody to outbid me, and nobody outbid me, so... It was fine. The bug cost $50. So, and then the two mugs cost $10 and the playing cards cost $10. So, I basically got it for its value. And I know what I'm going to do with the mugs. I'm going to give them to my cousin for her birthday. But it was just, I just felt such anxiety in a way. Like, I hadn't expected to buy it and I felt a little embarrassed. I don't know why. It wasn't even the biggest amount of money from money that was spent. Like, somebody... There was a Colin banner that apparently I missed, like, this uh, this bid when I was, like, bringing all the stuff to my car. But it went up to $2,600. $2,600, Jeff. Wow. Good grief. Yeah. So, I, I don't know why I was feeling embarrassed. Maybe it's just because... I did it in a room with people that I've been socializing with all weekend. Like, I did a lot of socializing, so maybe it was just, like, that mix of both. Maybe it was just the embarrassment that I just spent that money when, like, I was doing such a good job. Um, then after the auction was Beverly's panel, and this panel was, in a word, a fucking delight. I just... If you were at the convention and you did not have a really good reason for missing that panel, you're an idiot. Because that was just such a good panel. And I have the honor, and I do not use that word loosely, of asking the first question. Now, I will remind you, I was in my Ruby cosplay. It was adorable. I had a little basket. I had a, little, a beanie baby for uh, this dog beanie baby i was really hoping i was going to run into a dorothy cosplayer but that didn't end up happening so but whatever but still granny was like oh hi ruby and i was like hi granny and so um we just had a fun with that and here was my question picture this ruby and dorothy come back to storybrook and ask granny to make their wedding cake what do you make and Bev loved this question. Later, when I was getting my autograph with her, she told me it was her favorite of the set. She answered that she would make a five-layer red velvet cake with cream cheese frosting and yellow nuggets that look like a yellow brick road. And it was just a really amazing answer. And she was like, this is the perfect idea for an episode. And of course, like, Granny would, um, Bev would love to come back and play Granny. 
Um, and it just shows, like, the love that she has for both her storyline and Ruby's storyline and Dorothy's storyline. And it just melts my heart reliving that moment. The rest of the panel was also incredible. She got fantastic questions that were only beat out by more fantastic answers. She was charming, supportive, funny, musical at times. There were some moments where she sang, and just overall lovely. It's nothing short of a crime that her question line didn't take up the entire panel. Like, there were like a good 5-10 minutes left, and I was seriously debating going up for another question. I wish I did. Um, I felt really badly because people were already lining up for Lana's Q&A, and I love Lana, and I'm going to go into detail about how amazing Lana's panel was in a second, but it's just, darn it, Beverly also deserves such a big line. So, yeah, next year, I am totally excited. I totally kind of want to buy a meet and greet for Beverly Elliott. It's $100, and it, the bid didn't, not, not enough people bid that it would have gone up, so, if that's the case again, I would totally buy a Beverly Elliott panel. It was so cool. So, uh, this is the final panel. Care to take a guess to who it is, Jeff? Lana! Yay! It's Lana time! Oh my god. Listeners, Lana's a darling. Her Q&A was fantastic. So, I had already asked her a question during the gold panel, as I stated before, and so I decided... You know what? Lana has so many more fans who want to ask questions who didn't get to during the gold panel. Um, so I'm just going to chill back, um, take a seat, record, and just let everybody else have their turn. And I don't regret doing so. Lana had such a good stage presence. Seeing her walk around, she and Lee had this really good rapport. Like, she came on early, so they re- so like they kind of joked around with her intro because she was hot. They had her hide under a table, and she was commenting the whole time her intro was being done, and it was funny. She just sucks in your attention, like a black hole of beauty and grace. It kind of felt like I was being seduced by Lana. Like, I know Lana is the favorite. Her meet and greet went for $1,700 for, for Crime and Easy. Wow. And it, and yeah, I can see why. Don't get me wrong, it's like, it's not like I didn't know Lana was charming before, but just... When you're in a room with her, when she has your attention, she's just, wow. And her panel went on for a long time. I was recording a lot of the panels, and this one went over the 50-minute mark. So, that was pretty awesome. And she gave these great, long answers. And sometimes, like, her answers were just really cute gestures, but they just said everything that they needed to say. So, that was the end of the Once Upon a Time convention. But I just want to talk about a couple more things. First, as I built up to before, the autographs and my terrible puns. So, if I learned one thing this weekend, it was to prepare for the autograph lines, because it's a really weird double-edged sword. On one hand, you can be waiting for hours to get for your row to be called, because they call you row by row. Even for Gold Row D, which is what I was, we were waiting a while for some of those panels. Especially on the first day with uh, Chris and Michael and Gil. It just was long, and there was a lot of standing and such. 
I really got to know my seatmates, which was cool. They were like these adorable young kids. But besides the point, um, so yeah. And then, as I said, for halfway through the weekend, I kind of decided while I was going up and getting the autographs, I would make puns. So, um, it started on Saturday, about halfway through, I was saying to Karen David as she was signing, thank you for signing my book so caringly. Oh. And then Lee Arnberg was right next door, and I was like, I can't believe I'm here with you. And then I, he, I was saying, I know some people think my puns are very punny, and some think they're punish, they're basically punishments. And Lee asked me to make one more pun, and I was saying, it's wonderful to meet you. Come on, you, you, you know you want to groan. Yes, I am internally. Okay, um, so then I did it again with, um, Lana. First, I was like, I'm a total fauna of Lana. And, like, Lana was laughing. Apparently her mom tells her puns, so, listeners, if you want some awesome brownie points with Lana, get into puns. It'll excite her. It was just really cute, and she's, again, she's just such a delight. Um, then for Beverly... I said, I'm a total fanny of granny. And, yeah, we just had, like, a fun little moment between us, especially because she also said my question was her favorite of the set. That was just such a nice honor. Again, she's so sweet. I can't I can't tell you how sweet she is. Yay. I can't even begin. I love granny. Um, and finally, Bex. I couldn't think of Rebecca made her pun, so I kind of, like, made a little poem. Us oncers are always in heaven and Mecca when we're here with Rebecca. And and she was just, aww. One thing about Rebecca Mater's autograph that I regretted not doing was I, I was going to tell her that her dog Bella looks a lot like my dog Jake. Like, just so similar. And I forgot to do it and I didn't realize until the ride home. And it sucked, but it's okay. So, overall, I'm just kind of asking myself, is it next October yet? Because I really want to go back. Aww. That sounds like so much fun. It kind of felt like going to sleepaway camp, in a way. But, like, with fandom. Which is even better. It's like, you're all, you're all like, screaming excitedly as, as like, the counselors or rather creation um, entertainment are, like, talking about all the panels that are coming up. And we're all making fun inside jokes. Um, one thing I realized I forgot to say is that Michael Coleman on Friday kind of t asked us to, whenever Colin said something during his panel, we'd say, "R shiver me timbers! And we did that, and then at some point he was like, consider your, shiver your timbers shivered. <laughs> oh my god, it was such an, an epically beautiful and dorky moment. But yeah, it was just like all that call and response such, all the cheering and the sitting around. It, it felt like what I imagine a sleepaway camp would be like. So that was just really fun. I had such a great time there. I got autographs. I, I said before I had... um. Karen, Beverly, Michael, Chris, and Gil signed my Behind the Magic book, and I had 
Jen, Colin, Lana, and Bex signed each of their individual Funkos. Um, so, yeah, that was nice. And um, Lana and Bex personalized my personalized their autographs. Um, Bex even wrote Zelina on the side of hers. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so it was just such a fun time. Uh, Jeff, do you have any questions for me? Well, I'm actually kind of curious sort of like about the minutia. Like, how long did you have to wait for panels? Like, what was the downtime like? Um, not a lot, if you can believe it. Like, the breaks were only like an hour or two at most. The only time where there was like a significant break were between the end of the between the end of the autographs and the beginning of the concert or karaoke. And the first night it made sense because that was also the new episode and they knew like we weren't they weren't didn't want us to like fig they didn't want us to have to choose. And then Saturday it was like a break from well, there were like four autographs, so I got at it around I wanna say six thirty seven and that was until nine thirty. So that just went on and on and on. So there wasn't a lot of downtime. So by the end of the day, I just felt exhausted. I was falling asleep on my bed in my hotel. And it was just, it was great. Just, it, 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 you felt exhausted, but you felt so filled too. Is there anything that you feel a listener that's tuning in right now, that's planning to go to these, uh, one of these, uh, creation, uh, entertainment, once upon a time events, is there anything that they should know ahead of time? Like, is there anything that they should 100% plan for? Is there anything that they should 100% do? Like any, anything that they should, um, that maybe as they're looking at packages and whatnot, they're like, I don't know if I should splurge on that. Is there anything that you're like, yes, you should 100% do this? Absolutely. First, Look for look for convention specific Facebook pages because that's actually how I got my gold package. Originally, I just was planning on doing Saturday and Sunday preferred seating. Then I realized I wanted to do the full weekend, so I bought a copper package. Then I got in contact with somebody, and after some conversation, she was saying like how she was kind of getting desperate and she was going to sell her gold package for three hundred dollars. So I got on that. So. I kind of, like, ended up hold. I kind of end up weirdly upgrading in just this odd way. Um, also, I would recommend getting an aisle seat, even, like, getting an, get an aisle seat. I know being in the center is tempting, but if you want to ask questions, then that is your, then that is where you want to be for, like, lining up. And also, so you don't get in the way of a bunch of people recording. I felt bad the kids who I was sitting by kept recording, and I kept having to squish, like, behind, squish, like, into my spot afterwards. Um, so yeah, but yeah, find the convention page. Also, that'll help you, that could help you save money on getting roommates and carpool buddies. That's how I met a lot of my people. Um, also, consider your options with the hotels. Like, look for hotels that are close by the venue and are cheaper, because... Creation does offer reduced prices on hotels, but I still think I spent less on my full weekend than some people spent, like, over the course of two days. 
Well, it was like 139 a night, I think. And for me, the whole weekend was 190 as far as my hotel goes. Mm-hmm. Oh, and okay. really, all I was doing is just sleeping and showering. So really think of just how much you're going to use the hotel for. Don't get me wrong. There is a convenience to staying at the hotel. But parking was like my own concer- only concern. And that ended up being such a non-issue. I got great parking every day of the convention. So, I guess really try to save money in those small ways, but also be prepared to spend money. I was not prepared to enter that auction. I thankfully had, like, all money in my accounts and such, but I just, like, be prepared to spend more than you came with. Also, as far as, like, photo ops and stuff, try to think about what you want early, especially with the big guns, because... Colin's photo op sold out really quickly, as did the Jen and Colin photo op, but thankfully I got in on that before it sold out. Um, Then Jen sold out, and the autographs sold out, and you could see people on the Facebook group I talked about before begging for autographs for weeks before the convention, literally to the day of the convention. And just, it was insane seeing just these people... Seeing like all the bidding and stuff going on, seeing everybody beg for beg for these autographs that had been sold out. Lana at, at one point, Lana, Jen, and Rebecca Mater all sold out at the same time, and Colin's stuff was just unachievable if you didn't have a package. So consider that. Also, gold is real is a really good package. Um, you get a great you'll get a great view of the theater no matter where you sit. But for some things like questions and recording, it's just so nice to be up close. And yeah, I and you get all those autographs included. The only autograph that I had to buy was Rebecca Mater's, and I missed out on Raphael Sparge, but I'm okay with that. I could always maybe get him in another convention. So yeah, I would consider that. Some of the photo ops and autographs, you're not going to have to worry about them selling out. But when it comes to, like, the top four or five people at the convention, re- like, think on that, fa- think on that like, relatively early on, because you don't want to get locked out of those. I was really, I really wanted to do the Rebecca Mater Lana sisters photo op, and I missed out on that, and I sorely regret it. And so I would have totally... Like, in hindsight, I would have bought that weeks before. But, yeah, just, it was, it's good to think about some of that stuff ahead of time. But some things, like, the exact ticket you get, you can really do that last second. And things may work out for you that way. Like, I kind of wish I hadn't bought that Copper Pass because I had had to, like, sell my ticket earlier and I had to sell it for a much cheaper price than I had bought it for, so I ended up kind of losing money in a sense. Um, so I guess think about your you can think about your ticket a little later on. Even like if gold sells out, if you're on those Facebook pages, you will get an opportunity. People were dropping out like the day, like weeks and days before the convention. They were lowering prices, and it's just so cool to see. It's so cool and so good to see that because you never know what you can get. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, listeners, we hope that you enjoyed 
our sort of recap, a first-hand experience on what it was like to attend Creation Entertainment's Once Upon a Time Official Convention 2017. Jenna Pace, thank you so much for covering it for us. Like, you did a fantastic job. You went into the details, and uh, I think you explained it in a uh, very easy way so that everyone can understand, like, what an amazing time you had. Oh, thank you so much, Jeff. It was a pleasure to share my experiences. Awesome. And so on that note, join us next time for a brand new installment of Storybook Weekly Mirror. Once again, here's our announcer to remind you on how you can interact with us. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Mirror. Follow us on Tumblr, storybrookweeklymirror.tumblr.com. Follow Poppy Chula Radio on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, Twitter, and YouTube at Poppy Chula Radio. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at poppychularadio.com. Help support Poppy Chula Radio financially by visiting gofundme.com slash poppychularadio. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chula Radio team as an on-air personality or blog contributor? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio programs by visiting poppychularadio.com slash archives. You can also download tonight's broadcast and the rest of the series through Apple Podcasts and Google Play. Just search for Storybrooke Weekly Mirror and subscribe. Thanks, announcer. Jenna, please wish the listeners a good night. Listeners, have a fantastic evening. May it be magical in every way, shape, and form. And listeners, stay tuned because we will be releasing very soon some exclusive audio that Jenna recorded for us at the Creation Entertainment's Once Upon a Time Official Convention 2017 in Whippany, New Jersey. Thanks for tuning in. Download new episodes of Storybook Weekly Mirror every Tuesday and Wednesday via Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and the Poppy Chula Radio Archives. Our Tuesday show is our episode discussion, and our Wednesday show is our special spoiler edition of Storybook Weekly Mirror. Good night.